Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk Junkies, where tonight's going to be a very interesting night, as it is each and every single week here at Talk Junkies. It's been a um, couple weeks since I've done a show. Uh, I did one last week, but it just didn't end up working out um, with the guests that came on. Um, just just had some technical issues, neither here nor there. We'll get him back on some other day. That was Dr. John Uyr. Doctor, sorry about that. We'll get, we'll get you back on sometime soon. Um, but tonight's going to be an, an awesome night. This gentleman is an OG guest here at Talk Junkies. He's been on multiple times. Hasn't been on since February. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that to be the case is because he's a very busy man with what he's doing with the Missouri Freedom Initiative. Also, I'm sure he's got lots of things going on in his personal life. Uh, Pat, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining. Hey, Paul. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, it's, uh, February is the last time we visited, so it's been quite a while. Yes, but yeah, a lot of stuff has gone on. Uh, so I'm sure you have a lot of questions. So let's go ahead and start <laughs> with that. Yeah, and I, I know you, you, you probably can't go too much into it because like you said before the podcast, you haven't really been too much into finance, but let's just kind of clear the, the, the waters, I guess, or not even clear the waters, but we had some viral TikToks of you uh, in February talking about mm -hmm. how the dollar is doing um, and the fact that you know it might not be the world currency here shortly. Um, is there any type of update that you have for that or, or what, what have you been hearing? Okay. Well, first off, uh, we talked about Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia is taking all kinds of other currencies now. And and I saw the comments on the TikTok video, and I know a lot of people said that I was full of it and that I was wrong. And I assure all of them that they need to actually do some research. I am 100% correct in this. And Saudi Arabia is accepting a vast array of currencies now, including gold, for oil. Now, that's part of a larger movement. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, the BRICS countries. And we've talked about the BRICS before, B-R-I-C-S. That's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and then South Africa. But it's now called BRICS Plus because there's significantly more nations that have applied to become a part of the BRICS. And one of them is Saudi Arabia. Now, the whole purpose of the BRICS nations, the organization, if you will, behind the BRICS is to leave the dollar. That's the point of the BRICS. And right now... My information is some 80 nations have applied to join the BRICS that are more than half of the world's population between these 80 nations, way more than half, actually. So there is a concerted effort right now for countries around the world to ditch the dollar. The BRICS nations is the proof. So, uh, you know, for anyone who would like to say, hey, listen, Pat Holland's full of crap, you know, this and that. I'm a silver and gold guy. And I'm not saying this because it's good for silver and gold. I'm saying this because this is a plain out fact. This is very, very demonstrable. You can research this and it is happening. And they're having a giant conference in South Africa this August, next month. And I believe they're announcing a new gold backed uh, international currency that the BRIC nations will be using. Now, they're announcing it. Are they starting to use it in August? I don't know. I don't know. But the whole point of the BRICS nations using a different currency is not only having a gold-backed currency that is not the dollar, but also having an international finalization system like we have called SWIFT. They have a version of it, too, and if I were smarter, I'd remember what it's called. I don't remember what it's called, but they have their – the BRICS nations have a competing system for the American SWIFT system for electronic payments, and that's ready to go, too. 
They, you know, remember now the BRICS is not a new concept. The first time we heard of it was in 2010. Russia uh, decided or came up with the idea because they were constantly being hit with sanctions. And one of the many sanctions we hit Russia with is, hey, you're not on SWIFT anymore. So we simply took them off the dollar by default by taking them out of the SWIFT system. So they had to start operating with oil. They were using oil as currency. And then, of course, they're trading oil and gold with China. This is well known and can be researched. Um, so, but the gold, you know, being accepted by Saudi Arabia was because they're saying, we're Russians are taking gold for oil. Huh. What a novel idea. We have oil. We right. like gold. <laughs> so, but Saudi Arabia is one of the nations that has applied to join the BRICS. Someone recently told me that they have withdrawn their application, but I have not seen any evidence of that. Uh, so I've not seen anything. I've not seen any reports. I've not seen anything, you know, heard anything else through the grapevine. It's just one person told me right. that Saudi Arabia. So the dollar is in real trouble. And Americans who, who reject this information or don't believe it, that's okay. I meant just be prepared, you know, basically to lose anything that's a dollar-denominated asset in about five years. I mean, it's good to get out of dollars. Do it's good to get into gold and silver. For sure. And then that's something I haven't dabbled into and I definitely need to. I've been and we we talked about the stock market a little bit last time and how mm -hmm. it's speculation and it's it's essentially gambling for sure. I completely agree with that. Um so I, I need to definitely diverse my portfolio and add silver and gold to it. Um, but what have you heard anything new about the central bank digital currency? Because I know a lot of things happen here recently, like in July and in May mm -hmm. with that going into place. I think specifically it was like May 20th or something weird like that. Or even May fourth, I can't remember the date, but um, they're they're still pushing forward for a, yep. a digital currency in in a cashless society. Yes, they are. Okay, so what you're talking about in May was uh, banks uh, using uh, basically a transfer system um, that was eliminating um, cash, G going to a cashless society, as you say. The Fed now program which actually was actually activated July 1st is basically, by the way, I encourage everyone to look up this information. Don't just listen to Pat Holland. And I don't have it pulled up in front of me or anything, but the brass tax, because there's this much data to read through on Fed now on the Fed's website. But basically what it is, is it's a way for um, the Fed through Fed banks or commercial banks to start encouraging businesses to stop doing business in cash, only electronic versions of the dollar. And it's, it's a big push to actually take us to a cashless society. And that's what it is. That's what the Fed now program officially is. But there's a lot of whistles and bells you can read about on the Fed's website. You just go to, you know, the federalreserve.org or dot whatever they are. I, I don't go there often. I don't remember. But you can read all about it. It's it's right there on their website. and But it's activated. It's going now. And so we can, over the next six months to a year, we can expect a lot of the physical retail establishments that we have done business with to actually just accept credit card or debit cards. And that's it. No more cash transactions taking place in their establishments. So do you think... <clears throat> 
I think there is some type of awakening happening within the United States. And I don't know who, who deserves the most credit for it or if it's just a, a multiple of things, you know, just with alternative media and the types of things that you and I do with, you, you know, you with your grassroots movement, me with my mm. podcast and trying to help spread knowledge. And obviously I'm, I'm, I'm very small in that pond, but I feel like there is some type of mass awakening going on. And, and to me, if they actually were, if these businesses started catching on and doing those types of things and only encouraging using credit cards and only accepting that, I almost feel like that that's the last straw that would break the, or that would finally poke the bear too much. And maybe I, I could be wrong, Pat, but I honestly like did, when you start, when you take away cash, that's when people are really going to freak out. Yeah, maybe you're right, Paul, but it, it's going to be people my age or older. You know, the kids are used to this. That's true. You know, they, they're used to, you know, nothing but electronic transactions anyway. I mean, I, I got to tell you, anytime I go into a retail establishment, whether it be a Lowe's or if I go to the grocery store or, you know, or a Taco Bell, God forbid, uh, any of those places, I'm the only guy using cash. I never see anyone else use cash. They're always sticking a card in the machine every single place I go. Yeah, I mean, I'm so restaurant so, business, and it, I'd say it's we're, we're probably right around eighty percent of people using credit cards. There's still twenty percent, you know. Okay. Yep. So you know, and and once again, it may vary by region as well. Yeah. You know, but it's just been my experience. I just never see other people using cash. You know, I was at the dollar store just yesterday, and there was three people ahead of us. Every one of them used plastic. I was the only one that used cash. Don't you think so, it's but, almost yeah. just oh, it, just with the onslaught of technology and the progression of technology, isn't that almost inevitable for it to for it to happen that way? And I'm it not is. I'm not advocating it for it because that's it turns into China and social credit scores. I I completely yes, understand does. what that that's means. That's the problem, right? So the, what I would say to people is this: your anonymity that you've enjoyed, you know, your entire life is going away. Every single transaction traced you know, recorded, stored, and then ultimately used against you. You know, what they'll do, and, and it's much more insidious, and actually I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts, you know, basically of, of people actually getting, you know, the credit scoring they're going to get, you know, the social credit scoring, because that gets so insidious, I mean, it blows people's minds. And they just think, well, yeah, China's doing it, but they're doing okay with it. But they're not using it to its full potential yet. And that's literally to totally control everything you do in your life, complete, utter, total control. And when they start saying that global warming is man-made and things that you buy, uh, you know, there's a lot of carbon associated with making that thing that you're about to buy, that widget. And you don't have a good enough score, you know, so you can't have that anymore. You can't buy that, you know. It, it, it'll get into literally what you can buy at the grocery store. Suddenly you can't buy meat products anymore. You buy the, all the fake meat you want, all the mealworms and grasshoppers and crickets you want, but you can't buy meat. I mean, this is literally the road you go down. Hey, guess what? Your car's not starting for you this morning, Paul. It's because of that post you put on Twitter last night where you were critical of the president. So now your car's not starting. You know, so because, you know, you've got a smart car and of course your smart car is tied into your digital uh, social credit scoring, your digital wallet. And, you know, basically your ability to start your car is tied into your, you know, your social credit score. 
you know, people don't think about this. Oh, suddenly your insurance is shut down. Now you can't drive anymore because you can't have insurance because you don't have a good enough social credit score to have insurance for your car. This is what people need to think about. This is the end game of doing this is literally 15 minute cities. This is literally where they're taking it. This, and, and, and by the way, they're very open about it too. It's not like they're trying to hide it or anything. What's a 15 that, minute city. I've, I've seen that once now. I'm not entirely sure what it, what it actually means. A 15 minute city. Okay. That's basically, um, you're allowed to travel 15 minutes away from where you live. That's it. So if you have to travel any more than that, you'll have to walk. Because, you know, you're putting too much carbon in the atmosphere driving, you know, your car more than 15 minutes. And by the way, they're already experimenting with this in England right now. In fact, there's, I know a guy who's actually moving from England to the United States, or he's not moving yet, but he's, he's scoping out a place to live right now in America. He's getting the hell out. England is gone. You know, they're gone the way of this 15-minute city, you know, mentality. So I just don't, I don't get it, Pat. I don't, and I know we've talked about this as many times as possibly if you just go back into other podcasts and mm-hmm. just, just the fact that we've gotten here, man, it still blows my mind that if we look back at the constitution and realize how that happened and what had to have happened for that to exist in today, you know, in today's nature, I almost feel like that's going to happen again. History repeating itself, you know, because w- what you're doing in your grassroots movement is working. It is effective, right? Mm-hmm. It's not violent. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not any of those things. But do you think you're like a grassroots movement in every state could fix the problem that we have right now? Or will I it, do. will it end in violence like in 1776 or no, no, it's my hope. And it's certainly, if I believed that it's going to end in violence, I wouldn't do what I do because what I'm doing is to prevent that. And the idea behind the Missouri Freedom Initiative is to get such a large, massive grassroots organization together that is calling, emailing, and visiting their legislators in Jefferson City, which is the capital of Missouri, where we live, and to actually get them on the straight and narrow, realize that their feet are in the fire and they are being watched. And and then we go and talk to them face-to-face when they do something wrong. We don't send a little email to them and say, hey, you voted the wrong way on this bill. What's wrong with you? No, we go and visit them in their offices and say, hey, let's talk about how you voted on this bill. Yeah, but now And you... when there's 30 people crowding in their, the senator's office up in Jeff City, all pointing their fingers at him saying, you need to explain how you voted. You know, we need to understand here what you did. You know, that puts a little bit of fear in them. So let's give, let's give some people some examples, man. You recently dedicated your the, the past six months of your life um you know and correct me if i'm wrong you know you basically this was your job like you quit your job and you went to the capitol every day while they were in session in jeff city as a civilian advocating for missourians here in in the good old state of missouri to to make missouri a better place did you not yes that is essentially correct it's a little more complicated than that but yes that is essentially correct i I had no income for six months that's insane pat and thank you for that man that's that's true service man that's like to to the people of missouri and i greatly appreciate that man but so kind of navigate us through it there was what 46 or 44 pieces of legislation passed in missouri that's it okay that's and uh, normally we have about 120 to 130 passed per year 
26 of those were all budget related. So that leaves not very much for anything else. Correct. That's correct. So what did get passed in Missouri for, for people who aren't aware? Well, uh, we had a really good one get passed and that was literally SB 49. That was, uh, Mike Moon's bill, Senator Mike Moon. And now it's illegal, um, for kids to begin the process to change their genders until they turn 18 years old. So, uh, you know, those who have started have been grandfathered in, you know, cause you can't just stop if you started chemical treatments, to, you know, you got, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Hormonal treatments. Right. Um, but we're in this state, we have made a decision that it's not a good idea for someone under the age of 18 to actually start the process of changing their gender. And they haven't thought it through or there's peer pressure or, you know, there's pressure from the medical community there, we've had examples of this. We actually had testimony on this in the, in the Missouri Senate and the Missouri house. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of money involved in, in changing people's genders and clinics mm -hmm. were starting to pop up all over the state of Missouri with doctors more than happy to do so. Oh yeah. So this was part of the problem. We've solved the problem now, at least for kids. Now adults can do what they want. But in the state of Missouri, we've decided that we're going to protect our kids from any peer pressure, outside influences, trying to get them to think that they're a different gender than they are. And so that's what we've done in Missouri. And our organization was behind this. Now, we, it wasn't an official bill that the Missouri Freedom Initiative was carrying up until um, April. So we did it as individual. It's kind of a comp like I said. There's complexities here. Um, we decide as a group what bills we're going to support. Uh, so we I don't make the decisions for the group, and then the group has to you know go with what I say. We decide as a group. It's a, a democratic process, and we didn't decide to go with this bill until a few of our other bills uh, that we were supporting we found out we could not get through. We'll talk more about that later. So we decided, well, SB 49 has some momentum and it's got other grassroots behind it. And so we jumped in and uh, started supporting that bill. And then shortly after we jump in, the governor says, well, send me this bill. Go ahead and, you know, he said to the legislator, send me SB 49. Send me that, that men cannot compete in women's sports. Send me the bill that says that kids can't change their gender. So that made things a lot easier because the Democrats and the rhinos, these are people who pre pretend to be conservative in our legislature, were against it. And a few others, uh, some people who are homosexual that are conservative in Jefferson City were against this bill as well. But it had overwhelming support once the governor said, bring it, I wanna sign it. So the only resistance it really had then was we have two conservative uh, homosexuals in the house. They voted against it. And the Democrats of course voted against it. Uh, all the conservatives said, okay, since the governor wants this, we'll go ahead and give it to him. So we got those two done this year. So we did have some wins, Yeah, you know, but there's other things that we tried to do that we just simply couldn't get across the finish line. And we found out that Dean Plocker, the speaker of the house is basically determining what bills actually get to be on the floor. And so the, some of the bills we were supporting weren't allowed floor time. Other bills, uh, he literally let come up to the finish line and then wouldn't let them come up for a vote. So they actually got debated, um, but he wouldn't let it go uh, far enough to actually get a vote. 
So, <laughs> so and some of those bills that you had were no uh, taking sales tax off of food, right? And that's then, correct. And then that was one of them. Was personal property tax or income tax on there? That was well. one of them. Yeah, yeah, personal property tax. And see, so man, and people don't know that these kind of things are being talked about. It, you know, while uh, the house is in session or or what, whatever it is that that's going on. Like that's what I'm saying, man. Missourians need to know more, be more aware, and know of of the SB bills or the HB bills that are going through through the processes and the pipelines. So that they can call their their local representatives, like you talk about, and say, "Hey, this is what I'm very passionate about. Let's do something about it." Yep, because that's I mean, correct, for, for and, mo- and not just Missouri, by the way, Paul. Every state, right? No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm, uh, very true. Yes, every state. And if people are more aware, then yes, the, every, that's the whole goal, and that's what we've talked about with your uh, with your movement as well. Is that's like that's the overarching goal is to make that happen and make people aware. Sorry, um, but so I guess get into the little nitty gritty parts of how Dean Plocker has that type of access to power as the house speaker, because I know with like, from what you see on a, on a larger scale, we all know Nancy Pelosi was the house speaker for such a long time. And you know how, I don't even know how the processes work on how they stonewall things or how they back things up or how they don't let certain pieces of bills be heard or debated on. Mm-hmm. So how does, how does one person have that much power? Okay. Uh, now we're talking about his role as Speaker of the House, because if we go into his role that he had before he was Speaker, he was floor leader, and he had different mechanisms for stopping bills. And then, you know, as a committee chair, there's other other mechanisms available. So we're just going to speak on Speaker of the House side. Okay, so the Speaker of the House basically determines what the rules are for the House. How do you become Speaker of the House? Let's start there, Paul. Uh, you actually donate the most amount of money to the Republican Party out of anyone else that's in the House because you have so much in your campaign war chest. And that's because you're a, a, a corporate candidate. And that's what Dean Plocker is. He does not represent the people. Is that on he represents sh- corporations. Is that, and he has that on his sheets, on his balance sheets. that You can tell. Yeah. Okay. Well, n- more specifically, his PAC. And, you know, a political action committee. Uh, Dean Plocker's coffers are not filled with five, ten, and $25 donations. They're filled with $2,500 donations from, you know, from corporations. And in many cases, many, 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 many copies of that $2,500 donation from multiple people in the same corporation. So, I mean, that's the kind of donations he gets. He's a corporate candidate. He's controlled by corporations. So he he's a rhino. So there's certain things he'll vote with conservatives on, but you know there's certain things he absolutely will not. Uh, he'll obfuscate. Like for instance, he had to be dragged kicking and screaming into the Second Amendment Preservation Act back in 2021. So he was not for it. He's still not for it. And there's plenty of Republicans that are trying to figure out a way we can try and get rid of it in the state of Missouri because. Um, once again, these are corporate candidates and a lot of corporations get the money that they give to politicians through federal grants, follow the money people. If anyone who is listening to this can go check out rogue politics on YouTube, that is a couple of gals that are right here in Missouri. I know both of them, Catherine Dreyer and, uh, Kirby, um, Kirby Lane. And they're actually digging into uh, Plocker's PAC, his political action committee. And they're finding strong ties to Plocker and the WEF. Klaus Schwab, you will own nothing You've and you'll be happy. you got to be kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. 
This is not a joke anymore, Paul. The WEF is is not just in the federal government. It's in the state governments, too. Now, just real quick, man, because that's, that's some very powerful stuff. Um, so this is stuff that you've seen firsthand or something that they've seen and they told you that this is, like it, you said, it's very strong evidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I don't want to say too much. Um, okay, fair I, enough, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Uh, some of this information I was able to uh, gather and um, and then pass on. But Kirby and and um, Catherine, I mean, they took that information and they went the full mile with it. And it works like this. So Plocker, Dean Plocker is his name. Once again, Speaker of the House. He's running for lieutenant governor in Missouri. So that'd be wonderful. We'll have the WEF, you know, controlling, you know, the governor, you know, the WEF, you know, everywhere, you know, because, you know, but here's the lineage. He works for a law firm, which he's a partner of. And that law firm has uh, ties immediately to one organization. I think it's called the Heritage Heritage Group. And that group is directly tied to the WEF in Europe. So it's not him personally. It's his law firm. It's the law firm he works for. That's the tie to the WEF. So it's not like he's running around with a card that says, yeah, I'm an accolade of, you know, of Klaus Schwab's. I mean, you might as well be, though, because if he's a partner of the law firm, that's, I mean, it proofs in the pudding, man. (laughs) Yeah. So, Uh, you know, this is, and by the way, we're just one state. If anyone would care to investigate their state, they're going to find the same thing. And it's, and in many states, there's a lot of governors that have ties to the WEF. I mean, look at California. This is an easy one. Gavin Newsom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's, uh, gosh darn it, the young global leaders or something like that. You know, the training program they have for the WEF. Um, you know, it's just, they're just everywhere. They're like freaking ants, man. And so, but the thing is, is it's a mentality that keeps them together. They believe the world is overpopulated. That's the tie that binds. And once we get into that, you may not be able to sleep tonight. Well, let's do it, man. Let's do it. So for, so for me, and I've mentioned it many times on the podcast, um, the, the extent of my knowledge for the population for depopulation is just, you know, it was what 2015 Ted talk of Bill Gates, where he openly mm-hmm. advocated for, you know, reducing the population by like 10% through using 10 va- to 15%, yeah, 10 to 15% by using vaccines and new technologies. So he was very open and saying it. Then recently in the past week, you had Kamala Harris come out at, at I forget mm-hmm. where she was talking at, but then even she brings it up and talks about how we need to work on depopulation. So they're, they're not being quiet about it. Like you said, they're being very, uh, just, they have a big voice on it. And that just blows my mind in how people aren't up in arms. And I guess they have a lot of people on the Democratic side who are probably for it because they believe in climate change and they believe that we're killing the earth off and all these things. Mm-hmm. So they do have people backing them on this, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't think people understand the true nature of what de- depopulation means. It's not what Bill, Bill Gates describes saying, hey, when we use these vaccines, it's going to slowly it's slowly going to happen or it's going to have lower birth rates, which I know that's part of it too. Yep. I don't think people understand that it means death. Now people will mm-hmm. die, you know, throughout th- within the next five years, more so than they would have if they would not have intervened. Sure. And, and it's more than that too, but you know, but once again, you hit on a very important point of it, the, the vaccine side, 
there's way more. We can go into a lot more than just the vaccines. How else are they depopulating us? But the vaccines is a big one. With vaccines, they have the technology to sterilize, particularly boys. I meant that they can sterilize boys pretty quickly with a vaccine. They've had that capability for about 15 years now. But also, too, they have the ability to do dopamine inhibitors with vaccines. And the DOD announced that back in 2012. So what we're talking about is your brain doesn't actually send signals that you're happy once you've accomplished something, a feeling of accomplishment. You don't get those signals anymore when you a job well done. You, you don't get that feeling of satisfaction anymore. That's what dopamine inhibitors do. And they claim they were using it to actually, they were going to use it as a weapon against the Muslims, you know, because, you know, so much satisfaction is derived from worshiping Allah. You know, if you can take that away from them, then they'll stop worshiping Allah and they won't want to be extremist, terrorist, you know, Islamic, you know, uh, you know, bombers or whatever. That was the stated goal. No, that's not what the goal was. <laughs> Now, they intended it to use it on the populations, you know, basically to drive people to suicide. So you've noticed all the suicide pods that are coming out in Europe, I imagine. You've, you know about the suicide pods, right? Uh, I mean, I, I've dabbled a little bit into it. We had a, a woman on from an author from Canada where her sister mm. and I, her sister had talked or her sister committed assisted suicide. Granted, she had stage four breast cancer, but I, I'm not saying that that's what it's related to. I, I saw a little bit of information in there on that, but mm -hmm. not, not too much. Well, so they're they're trying to make it legal to commit suicide no matter what age you are. If you're, you know, a depressed 7-year-old, yeah, that's all right. The government will deliver a suicide pod to your front door that you can actually put your entire body in and you close it up and then you hit go and then it puts in the chemicals in the air so that you gently fall asleep and you never wake up again. And then you're buried in that pod. So they've rolled they've those out. Yeah, that's it was developed by Switzerland, I believe. And you can look it up online, suicide pods. Uh, they they got them in any color you like, Paul. Because if you're, you know, if I'm going to go in a suicide pod, it better be red. Right. You know, that, <laughs> right. I'm teasing, by the way. Yeah. I can't believe they've got colors for this. You Wait, know, they personalize them like your cell phone, I suppose. I believe it's 11 states in the United States that allows assisted suicide. I think that might be right. Yeah. Uh, Oregon was first. Right. Uh, and I remember that. That was very big news back in the late 80s, early 90s. Well, um, and what's sad, and so, what's sad about that is, is um, and it, I'm not for assisted suicide, obviously. I think we should try and find help for people who, or anyone who's going through that type of situation. But in America, it's really bad. that it, The fact that it's even legal, but the, how they do it, Pat, is you have two types of drugs you can buy. You can buy the cheap one, mm -hmm. which you die over like a three-day period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just imagine that, man. Like you pay like a couple hundred bucks to kill yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's terrible. But then obviously if you have money, you can take the more expensive one and it happens a lot quicker. I mean, that's no. how bad of a state it's in in the 11 yeah. states that you can do it at. But that's one of the avenues you're talking about with depopulation. It is because depopulation is incredibly important to the New World Order folks. They absolutely cannot have a New World Order that is based on communism with the current population levels. They can't do it. There's too many people. So if you want communism or totalitarianism, feudalism, pick your word. It's a derivative of communism or a derivative of totalitarianism, depending on your point of view or your personal politics. Let's say totalitarianism. Total control of the people. 
total control of their lives, total control of what they do and whether or not they are allowed to live or allowed to die. That's what they want. And they're going to get it. And they're going to take everything you own and then they're going to kill you. And that's the goal of these folks. They're going to literally tax the piss out of people. Go to Canada. They have global, you know, warming taxes in Canada that they keep raising every year. And so has the global warming gone down? The people paying all the taxes to the global warming gods, you know, you'd think that there would be, you know, some kind of, <laughs> some kind of break in this global warming, you know, apparently it's not enough yet. The global warming gods are not happy enough yet. So they're going to try and get that from everybody. And ESG is a big component of that here in America. Now I'm going to get back to, you know, population control in a second here. ESG uh, is environmental social governance, and it's the business version of digital, uh, you know, social credit scoring. So it's the business version so that the business is compliant with what the government wants. So their social credit score is high enough for them to do, you know, things that they want to do or need to do, that they can hire certain people, um, that they can uh, do business in a certain state or a certain city. This is what is going on right now with the infrastructure program right now in the United States, all the jobs Biden's been delivering to the United States. It's all based on ESG and it's all based on unions. So, you know, basically it's not very inclusive. Let's just put it that way. So your business, number one, has to be ESG compliant, comply with all the global warming regulations and EPA regulations. And then number two, apparently you've got to have a union. So, so you're unionized. So that's not so uncommon. Electricians, plumbers, you know, uh, you know, people that work on, you know, uh, Teachers. You know, landscaping something before you put a building in. Generally, they are unions. So, I mean, that's nothing really new. But the fact is, apparently, that is a requirement. That's what I'm getting at. So, and this is, by the way, Biden's talked about this very openly on Twitter. I attack Biden on a regular basis on Twitter, by the way. If anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, just look for Missouri Freedom Initiative. Um, but, so... <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that other than um, ESG is the business version of social credit scoring. So pay attention to that because so, that's coming to a town and to your business. And, and and I'll be honest, I never heard about that until the Bud Light controversy and, and with Target. No one, I never mm -hmm. knew what, what ESG was until, and, and you even broke it down more for me. So now I know a little bit more about it than I did before. Um, but a lot of people think that, you know, Bud Light didn't really want to do what they did. Obviously, no, they did it for ESG. Exactly. They did, for, and the, they did it for their social credit score. And that's what a lot that's of... That's why they won't apologize. Right, and that's what everyone's saying. I just don't know if there's any proof to back that up, you know, but it, don't, it only... Well, I will tell you what Elon Musk told me, okay? So when I talked to him, and this was about Twitter, so, and I didn't talk to him for too long, but I asked him about the advertisers coming back to Twitter when I had a very, very special opportunity to talk to him. And he says, this is the problem. He goes, no, they're not coming back. He goes, as long as this is a free speech platform, which is I'm declaring it is, he says, ESG won't allow these companies to come back. So it's not like out of hatred for me personally. 
It's their policies on ESG that's keeping the advertisers away. He even told me personally uh, he'd really like to have Apple come back to Twitter. If he could just have Apple come back, he'd be happy. Because Apple was a big advertiser on Twitter. I bet. So, But that's what's going on. That's why Twitter is losing advertisers is not because it's Elon in his deranged plan for free speech on a social media platform. It's because ESG doesn't allow for free speech. It's not allowed. You can't talk about certain things. And that's part of social credit scoring too. Once we go the way China does with social credit scoring, we also will have problems if we have free speech. If we say something that the government disagrees with on any social media platform, we'll find that we are somehow limited in something that we had freedom to do before we made that statement. So, and let's just kind of briefly go on that, and then we'll get back into the, into the depopulation. But I'm trying to think of specific examples where that's that's happened here in the United States. And there's a couple in mind. Um, I had heard that there was a, a son a son and a father and the father got arrested and because they were doing a prayer at a protest at like a trans protest or something like that. I, I don't, I, I think some, some, it escalated and that wasn't the reason why, but I could be wrong. But the one that I'm for sure on, I, I believe it's in Minneapolis. It's either Minneapolis or it's, it's, it's a Northern state where they will, it's going to be illegal to talk negatively or you, if you use someone else's pronouns, that's not their pronouns, you could get arrested or fined. Yeah. So that is happening in the United States in one of the cities, one of the cities, yeah, correct? I don't yeah. think it's state yet okay. that there's a state that has done that yet, but there are cities now. Canada is trying to do this too. Certain provinces in Canada have that. Oh, they don't have Facebook anymore. Yeah, I or know. they can't get and, news, new like local news or something like that. They can't get news through Facebook or news articles. It's crazy. Yep. So this is actually um, if if people. And, and once again, we'll get into this later, but this is really, really important for your viewers to understand. We are going into communism. The West is going into communism. There's so much evidence of it. Pay attention. I mean, this is coming. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, is totally irrelevant. We are diving headfirst into communism right now. When do they get the guns, Pat? Because that, no, that's a big old, they're trying it's a real big hard problem to man. do that. Yeah. Yep. So, in fact, what what uh, uh, Biden said is basically we need a new Congress that'll actually take away the guns because the one we have now is spineless and won't do it. You know, when you have a president saying stuff like that, that's pretty divisive. I oh, mean, yeah. Biden is. You know, I thought Obama was divisive. You know, Trump was divisive, um, but nowhere near the level Obama was. But holy mackerel, both of them together can't hold a candle to what Biden's doing. You're not, I mean, and it's not even him. We, I mean, it is him, but it's not him. We know that. That dude yeah. is shitting in his diaper. That's no lie. He, I guarantee you he wears a diaper. Yep, I, I think so too. Yeah, I guarantee. There's no way that he doesn't. And he's got, he's got, he's full on dementia, man. And people will say, you know, I've been on some liberal TikToks where, you know, I'll go on there and I'll try and debate people. Like, dude, those are just snippets of Biden. That's not the full context of who he is and what he's about. I'm like, dude, you got these people are in, in, well, in delusion. When I say Biden, what I'm talking about is the Biden administration. Right, right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, and, fair enough. you know, and Biden is controlled by China. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's whatever China wants is, you know, and, and not to mention the fact that there's blackmailing, you know, coming from the Ukraine for the Biden administration. Right. There's video or that 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 uh, what's up app message came out from Hunter. Mm -hmm. 
where clearly his father's with him. Granted, Hunter could have been on crack at the time and lying just to like get his way, but odds are Biden was most likely with him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and nothing came of that. Nothing. I'm came- waiting for your call. My father's here with me. Yes. So I don't know. I meant if he's waiting for a phone call and he says his dad's with me, chances are his dad was going to get on the phone too. It's going to be a speaker phone call. Very true. So, I mean, that is what it is. I mean, you know, shoot, if you want to argue that with someone who's on the liberal persuasion, actually, there's no such thing as Democrat anymore. Democrats need to be honest. They're communists, you know, and, and there's a lot of communist or fascist Republicans, too. So, you know, just saying right or left or Democrat or Republican um, or liberal or conservative, I mean, these labels are so freaking meaningless anymore. Yep. They're just meaningless. You know, uh, do you believe in the Constitution? Well, yeah, I do. But, well, it's that but that says, no, you're not. You are not for the Constitution. Are you for the Second Amendment? Well, of course I am. You know, I'm a conservative. But I think we should have sensible gun laws. Well, then you're not for the Second Amendment. Shall not be infringed is right in the Second Amendment. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. I mean, you can't really mistake it for anything else. Shoot, I've I've talked to Barbara, not Barbara, um, Bar- Billings, uh, someone in the Missouri legislature. In a hearing, you know, she was talking about the silver and gold bill that we were supporting. And she was just making up stuff that was in the Constitution. I mean, just right there in the hearing and for everyone to see and hear and very arrogant about it, too. You know, it's just it's, most politicians don't even know the Constitution. They don't know what the supremacy clause does in the in the Constitution of the United States or how it works, how the Tenth Amendment works, how the Fourth Amendment works. They don't even understand it. So, you know, can we actually expect them to, you know, actually be you know, I, I, I don't know, reasonable at this point, if they think, well, no, I'm on the left and we're going into literally um, protecting the planet from a global warming catastrophe nightmare that science keeps telling us we're going to have. Well, first of all, scientists are wrong on global warming. They have been for a long time. They're being paid through government grants, and they'll do whatever the government grants, you know, ask them to do. I mean, it's not, this isn't rocket science. (laughs) This is actually really simple to understand. The scientists are compromised because of funding, and this is where the real problem lies. Now, global warming, is global warming happening right now? Maybe, but it sure ain't man-made. And in fact, um, and I'm going to say something, and I've recently talked to Robert Kennedy and I had a, you know, interesting conversation with him, but I didn't bring up something and I did it on purpose because I didn't want to put him on the spot. I didn't want to feel uncomfortable and I want to talk to him again sometime. So I wanted him to feel comfortable with me. One thing Robert Kennedy did is in 2002, I believe is the year I heard him on a conservative talk show and I don't remember which one. I was listening to a lot of conservative talk radio back then, so I can't remember what – it could have been Rush Limbaugh. It could have been Chuck Harder. I meant any one of those and, and many more. But back then, global warming was a big thing, okay? So they were talking about it constantly in the early, early 2000s, you know, shortly after 9-11. And so at any rate, we had satellites around Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn – that were actually satellites around those planets recording the mean temperature at this time in 2002. We don't have that, you know, necessarily right now. But 
So at any rate, um, that was an interesting time because the earth was warming, you know, in the late nineties. I mean, it was, I mean, I don't think anyone would dispute that, but we also cooled off after that. So, I mean, it's, it's not like we kept heating up. And so on this talk radio show, Robert Kennedy was on, who's a big man-made global warming guy. You may love his stance on vaccines, but you know, you may not like his stance on global warming, but at any rate, the, it was brought up, well, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn are also warming up the same time the Earth is relative to their distance from the sun. So how do you explain man-made global warming when three other planets are also warming up? This was Robert's response. I heard this on the radio, and I'm maybe one of these days if I see him in person, privately, I'll talk to him about this. You know what his answer was? He says that's because Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn are closer to the sun than the Earth. Oh, I've heard that, yep. It's true. He actually said that on a radio broadcast. So he doesn't even understand the science. He doesn't even understand, you know, where the, the planets system. are in the yeah. solar system. And if he doesn't know that, and that's his answer for why they're warming up, uh, then he's, he's lost his right to talk about man-made global warming. 100%. So... But it all comes down, man-made global warming is a total complete fraud to bring about the depopulation of humanity. That is the purpose of actually perpetuating this lie. Remember what Hitler said? It wasn't Hitler, it was Himmler. It was one of Hitler's guys. Hey, the bigger the lie and the more often it's repeated, the more likely it is people will believe it. Was that Stalin? You got Biden constantly hitting us with hey, the economy's great, the economy's great, the economy's great, the economy's great. So people start thinking, well, maybe the maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the one who's hurting right now. But you have to get into the mentality to actually understand digital credit scoring anyway. So they're actually training people psychologically to get ready for that anyway, because it's just me. Yeah, I don't... I'm not a good enough citizen. That's why I'm not doing as well as everyone else is apparently. Um, so once again, all of this, all of this on the global warming platform, the entire thing is all about depopulation. That's what it is. And it's not necessarily, you know, but yeah, in Russia and Ukraine, yeah, they're killing off a lot of people there. If it, the war becomes bigger and they bring NATO into it, we can kill off a lot more people too. You know, but let's go ahead and sterilize them first with the vaccines or let's fill their food with, you know, soy lecithin. So their hormones are so confused, they become homosexual. You know, they think they are anyway. Uh, there's a lot of different w attacks coming at us from every angle. You look at the food companies that are putting soy lecithin in everything now. Look at the labels in your kitchen, man, after we talk tonight. And you'll see soy lecithin in everything. We used to use sunflower seed lecithin as an emulsifier for food. Now we're using soy. Why? Because it's cheaper. What they don't know is they're turning people gay. You know, by putting, you know, people have so much soy lecithin in their diet, suddenly they're hormonally confused. You don't know whether or not to lead or follow on the dance floor. Oh, and that goes in with depopulation because they can't, you know, people who are homosexual. Yeah, procreation. Correct, yeah. That's right. So, yeah, if you're pitching for the other team, chances are you're not going to have little ones running around, you know? Right. Well, for me, it's a testament to how God made us and how strong God made us all as, as, as who we are because 
like you said, they're coming at us at every different angle. We've only we've mentioned maybe four or five different angles. That's not even including chemtrails, which they've came out and they've recognized that those are mm-hmm. actually cloud seeding, and it's for it's for global warming to to heed global warming. You have Bill Gates coming out recently a couple of weeks ago, and and he's been saying this for years though that he wants to block the sun, and now the government's behind it, and they're willing to listen to what it is he has to say. Then you have China; they're going to put up an artificial was it moon or sun? I think it's an artificial sun or something crazy like that. So. They are coming at us in so many different ways. But, Pat, what is amazing to me is how resilient the body is and how powerful God is um, to combat those types of things because they have to do all of these things combined to reach a goal. That's a lot of shit that they have to do, man. And it's all mm-hmm. w- well-planned and organized, and, they're, and they've, they've got it down to a science because, you know, every 100 years a, a weird outbreak comes out, a, a weird virus that destroys the population and kills millions of people. You know, you go back to 19... 19- what was it, 1912 or 1910, the Spanish flu? You know, it, like I said, it's, and you can go back every 100-year increments. What I'm saying is God, man. God God is something, and God made us very powerful and resilient, and I'm, and I'm glad and I'm happy for that, and he has instilled power into us to, sure. to spread this knowledge to people as well. But I mean, wouldn't you kind of agree with that, like how powerful God made us to be resistant to most of this stuff? Well, not we're not. Yeah, I just, I just wish... And, and yes, I agree with you. I mean, let me start there because I'm going to go on a different direction here. Um, the the ability for the television and for the government to brainwash people is something that I literally did not expect. You know, I, I, I know reasonably intelligent people that actually buy this global warming thing, hook, line, and sinker. And they said, well, the science, man, the science. I said, the science is wrong. The actual global warming model that they started with in NASA, they forgot to put in the temperatures in the South Pole. So that raised the model temperature, and they've been working off that model ever since. They never corrected it. You know, it's like, you guys are insane. Um, do some research. What about those university scientists that kept, uh, you know, emailing each other back and forth how they were tweaking the model to make the temperature go up? Everyone seems to have forgotten. That was a giant scandal. Was that 2014 or something like that? And and no one remembers that scandal. Have they gone back to a new model? Or are they still using that model that those scientists were using to make the temperatures grow up faster over time in the model? So where do you find that information? Because Google's made it extremely hard. If for, no, for, a lot of it's gone now. Uh, in fact, those emails going from, I actually looked for this a couple of years ago. I can't find it anymore. I actually had it bookmarked. So I could go back and actually look at it, and of course the page is gone. Now, isn't there some type of archive website that archives everything, or that tries to the archive? Wayback Machine? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think uh, Google has a lot to do with the Wayback Machine. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, there's you- a lot of stuff I can't find in the Wayback Machine either, and we're talking about places I bookmarked. I mean, so it's not like I'm imagining this, right. you know. But at the same time, it was big in the alternative news at the time. So you probably your your best bet is to search alternative media sites for, you know, stuff like this about that. The university scientists, you know, go, they're getting grant money for global warming, of course, that were heating up the planet on this model much faster than it was happening in real life. And that's why they kept saying over and over again, Al Gore is saying, oh, by the year 2012, you know, the glaciers will be gone. You know, the there will be no ice in the North Pole during the summer. Do you remember all that? Mm-hmm. You know, the sea levels will rise. We're all going to die. Yep. I mean, why aren't you people listening to me? 2012 rolls around, and we had a very, very hot summer in 2012. I remember that. Yep. We 
got cooler from the late 90s and just cooled down up until 2012. The, the summer of no mowing is what we called it in Missouri um, because no one mowed. Everyone's grass was dead. Um, and no one wanted to be seen watering their lawn, you know, when it was a hundred over a hundred degrees outside for 19 days in a row, you know, but, but that was it. It cooled off again. And if global warming actually works the way the model says it was, we don't warm up suddenly one summer and then cool off, you know, literally for the next 10, 15 years and then have another, another hot summer again. So some people say that's chemtrails and harp. So that this is actually, and by the way, the Russians and the Chinese have their own versions of this too. Right. It's not just the United States doing this. And it is a worldwide program with the chemtrails. And you're right, they, they have admitted chemtrails. But I'll tell you what, in, when you were seeing chemtrails back in 1998 and you started talking about it, you were crazy, man. Oh, they were contrails all the way, man. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they that. were contrails. And you're an idiot and you're crazy and you don't understand science. You don't understand. So, what that means, if those contrails were real, and I know a lot of pilots, and I talked to pilots about it back then too, and I said, okay, those planes that are way, 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 way up there, you know, they're higher than commercial jets that you can see that are, you know, and all of a sudden there's this mist coming out from behind the, the plane, and it doesn't dissipate after about nine or ten plane lengths. Because dissipate is relative. What happens to that condensation is it freezes. Because it's 30 below zero up there, you know, eight miles up. It's 30 below zero. It freezes and then it drops. That's what happens. That's a contrail. But these chemtrails keep growing and billowing and billowing. And so what they tried to convince us, you know, back in 2004, 2000 time, uh, time frame, is that the upper part of the troposphere was actually below, or uh, I'm sorry, above freezing. So that's when I got my pilot friends involved and I was talking to them, the, the guys that actually own planes and they're saying, no, no, it's still, it's really cold up there. Yeah. It's really cold. Then why this, why those trails? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it's probably, you know, smoke, you know, the, the planes that blow smoke that write things and no, it's not that these are straight lines, you know, making tic-tac-toe patterns in the sky. You remember this? Oh Yeah. And no, I don't know what that is. Have you asked? I mean, you know, you're a pilot. You know, you're, you're seeing this stuff. Yeah, I see this stuff. You don't really want to talk about this kind of stuff because people say you're crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, what? Pa I'm past Since that Since when can't we, you know, we can't ask questions anymore, Paul. Nope. Even if it's your profession and you're a pilot and you're seeing something in the sky that doesn't make sense, don't talk about it. They'll take away your pilot's license. They'll say, you're, yeah, you kind of lost it. Yeah, they got some videos of some pilots saying some pretty interesting stuff, and I, I won't I won't bring that up on this podcast. But I actually have so I have a P nine hundred P nine a Nikon P nine hundred, and occasionally you know I'll just be outside and I see some chemtrails going on. Uh, mm -hmm. So one time I decided I was like, you know what, man, I'm just going to try and record it and see what happens. So I go get it out. I, I wish I would have had my tripod. I didn't, so I did it all by hand. Super tough with planes that obviously that far, far into the sky. Mm -hmm. And Pat, I was blown away, man, when I saw a stealth bomber. Doing chemtrails, mm -hmm. man. A stealth mm -hmm. fucking bomber doing chemtrails. I was yep. like, you've got to be kidding me. Yep. So, and for me, I just, I, I almost lost faith in the military at that point because I'm like, dude, if the military is spraying us willingly, then they're obviously not going to have our backs if some shit went no. down. And, and once again, I, I don't know if they're even told 
what they're spraying. Come on, man. Um, Common sense, man. You, I'm not saying that to you, but like if you're in that plane and you're about to do it and you, you see what you're doing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. No, no. I mean, I'm it, not even asking for an answer. I'm just like, I was just blown away by it. Yeah. Uh, my talk, in fact, I even emailed and who was uh, my representative at the time, Billy Long, a U.S. representative. I emailed my representative about this chemtrail business. And called his office, harassed him a little bit. And then he passed me along to some congressional science division. And they emailed me back. I still have the email. And they said, yeah, we are spraying in the sky. Um, but, you know, we're doing it for weather experimentation. And so I said, what, what is it exactly you're spraying in the sky? And that's classified. That's classified, but, and this is what they said in the email, they said, no one's intentionally being harmed. <laughs> Intention, no one is intentionally being harmed is actually what they wrote in the email. And, you know, and people say, oh, Pat, you're making this stuff up. I provided this email to lots of people. They've actually used it in podcasts before. Um, I asked people if I do provide it, ask them to black out certain information because it's got a lot of my address, my telephone number in there because I was communicating with Congress. I always put that in there, you know, give them every opportunity to contact me. And I don't know. I, the fact is we're far too busy wondering what Trump did, you know, and, you know, whether or not he's going to go to jail. This is what people are fixated on. They're not worried about, you know, their kids becoming homosexual because of soy lecithin in the food or a, a vaccination, you know, that they were told was going to save their kid from COVID. And suddenly their kid, you know, becomes autistic or effeminate or, you know, is pitching for the other team, whatever. They're not worried about this stuff. You know, Americans have been trained to have attention spans, you know, shorter than your average amoeba. We are worried about literally only the next quarter. We're not worried about the future. We don't, the Chinese are really good at this. The Chinese think 100 years ahead. Americans think the next quarter, the next fiscal quarter. That's all we do. And the depopulation program is longer than a quarter. So people can't wrap their brains around this. You know, but we're being depopulated, folks. Welcome to the dystopian new world. It's here. And COVID was the fuse. Some people would say nonsense. 9-11 was the fuse. Well, I, I might agree with that as well. 2008, you know, the 2008, you know, financial nightmare we were having with the housing crisis. That was the fuse, Pat. Yeah, that was a fuse too. COVID though. Mm. We saw what they did in Canada, what they did in Australia, the totalitarian measures they took with the people that were already previously disarmed. They had their guns taken away. The only reason you didn't see that kind of dystopian nightmare in the United States is we still have our guns. Don't give up your guns, folks. No, but people still willingly stayed in their houses and, you know, they, nine, they over 90% of people wore masks or 95%. Yes, but police didn't beat women senselessly for not wearing a mask in public like they did in Australia. Very true, but there were some pretty aggressive, like, uh, police encounters with in some liberal cities or far-left cities, whatever you want to call it. Um, some pretty heightened moments and raids in people's houses for having too many people and you know, the list goes on, but I agree and with the, you. the churches. I mean, the, the churches yeah. is the one that comes to mind for me. Yeah. That's where they were really, really drawing a line. Yeah. Um, and that was a very dangerous, dangerous line for them to cross. And that's what activated people like me, like, huh, okay, we're going communist now. 
You know, that's what COVID brought us, communism. And everyone's just lock, stock, and barrel rolling with it. You know, it's just wild for me. And it's like, oh, oh, but the vaccine. Oh, depopulation. Okay, yeah, I get it now. We're going communist and we need to depopulate in order to do it. And now global warming, social credit scoring, ESG, you know. Um, so you think that's and, p- potentially the reason why the Georgia Guidestones were demolished was because they didn't want people knowing the plan? Well, it's because it actually drew attention to the number. Right, 500 million. 500 million. Yeah. That's what they wanted to cover up, I think, with that. Uh, because, you know, we're depopulating. I don't think anyone is anyone, – anyone who's a thinking person should understand now that this is actually underway. So what I think the Georgia Guidestones offered was literally, oh, that's the end game. Uh, maybe the people shouldn't know the end game. We can talk about, you know, we're too populated because, you know, basically, if you look at the United Nations, the official religion of the United Nations is Gaia, the worship of the creation, the worship of the earth and everything on it, not the creator, the creation. And it's all about protecting the creation and keeping the creation healthy, alive. And there's too many people. There's too many people, so we can't afford to develop any more of the earth because the earth is what we worship, and we're killing parts of the earth. We're killing trees to make way for buildings. We're killing trees to make you know room for roads. And, and this is what we worship is the earth. That's what we're up against, folks. I mean, if you don't believe, and some folks may say, okay, Pat, you've gone too far this time. Look it up. What's the official religion of the United Nations? It's it's Gaia. It's it's a new version of Druidism. And well, that's what they worship is the creation. Yeah, and, and I, I get that. And who knows what's in store 100 years from now, but you even look, like a, like, look at a country like China, and I'm sure they have a lot of 15-minute cities or you know, in the near future, they'll have a lot of 15 minute cities. They have a lot of ghost cities as well. Like they've just mm-hmm. built these massive, like this, the size of Chicago skyline of just buildings. And there's no one living there. You know what I'm yep. saying? Get on a plane and you just see how big the earth is. You see how the, the amount of land. And, and granted, I know 8 billion people is a lot of people. And the, the amount of agriculture it takes to feed that many people and just the, the numbers game. You know, I, I don't know how hard it is to run a, a, a world population, you know, economically how to feed them how to house them but i don't think that eight billion people is too many and, no and it's not you know what i'm saying like i like i said i've been in a plane here in the midwest and i've flown all the way to aruba granted a lot of that was ocean but just flying from here from from missouri to california dude it's just all land it's all what, land yep that's right it, the real the real issue here is control yeah the more people there are the more difficult they are to control the more resources it takes to control them so we got to bring their numbers down. Now, the social credit scoring in ESG is a great way to control people too, but you have to get rid of the cash. You can't have cash and have ESG because it you just well, I don't want to participate in that. I'm just going to use cash. The, the the point is you're not supposed to have an option. And this is the same for businesses. If you want to do business with this bank, this business, you know, that's what FedNow is all about is banks encouraging businesses to stop dealing in cash. It's a proxy for dealing with the Federal Reserve because these banks are Federal Reserve banks. There's very few banks 
in the United States that are not Federal Reserve. Precious few. You probably count them on two hands. That's how many there are. So banks are starting to control businesses, and they're doing it as proxies for the Federal Reserve. This is what's coming, folks. And, and, and once again, I know that there were a lot of people that were early on this and turned people off that were saying this back in 2000, like Alex Jones, saying it in 2010, like Stephen Quayle. I know this. But at the same time, wake up and open your eyes because it's actually happening now. Whether or not you realize it or believe it is irrelevant. Research. You'll find out what's going on. And believe it or not, we're not the only ones doing it. The West is doing this kind of in lockstep with Johnny. You know, like that wonderful movie, Chicago. We're all doing it at the same time. And it's all the West. The East, they didn't forcibly try to vaccinate anyone in India that I know, I'm aware of or in Russia. I don't know that they were pushing it as hard. I'm not sure that they were on the depopulation bandwagon. Now, I know China did. But China's on the depopulation bandwagon. I mean, when you have a one-child policy for 40 years, you're definitely on a depopulation bandwagon. And they're paying a huge price for that right now. Oh, they yeah. have a demographic problem Big time. to deal with that, you know, we that's another podcast all in itself. The demographic problems happening in the world right now. There's too many old people and not enough people behind them to replace them. And that's what we're doing right now in the United States with immigration. You know, because our people aren't having kids anymore in the United States. And when you start sterilizing them with vaccinations and say it's for their health, and then not to mention, you know, feeding the people, you know, as much, you know, soy lecithin as they can possibly, because it's hidden in everything. It's in every cereal. It's in every can of food you eat. Um, and, you know, basically mixing up the hormones. I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to make you gay, but your hormones certainly don't enjoy the soy lecithin, especially guys. You know, that, that that really, really confuses the hormones. Um, but it's it's a, just a concerted effort, and it's on multiple fronts, and it's hitting us all at the same time. Why do we have, and let's talk about this for a second here. There's statistics. I don't have them to give you right now, but these can easily be found online from Europe, which is much more, I hate to use the word progressive than the United States. It's certainly true now, but you go back into the 40s, 1940s, and you wouldn't call Europe progressive at the time. But what they were was they were much more accepting of homosexuality. So let's just say that up front. That's what Europe, Europe was good at that. I mean, they, anyone's homosexual, hey, listen, no hate on them. Just let them be them. You know, no big deal. But also, too, you know, uh, they're much more, you know, open society than America is. America is a little more closed off on the sexual nature you know, than Europe is. You, you drive down the Autobahn in Germany, you'll see a billboard of a topless, you know, woman right there on a billboard. I mean, and you can look that up. I know people all the time say, I don't believe what Pat says. <laughs> uh, just look it up. Um, so so they, they like to sexualize the children basically at a young age. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, and by the way, and the drink at a young age too. Yeah, that's true. Um, so think about it's that. a lot of stuff happening younger ages in Europe. But what I will tell you is the greatest, what we call the greatest generation, that's, you know, my parents' generation. My parents were pre-baby boomers, actually. They were both born before the war. Just lost my mother recently. Born in 1939. That's, you know, before America got in the war. Uh, my dad uh, was born in 1942, which was a year after the war started. 
So they're both greatest generation. So if you go by Europe statistics, we didn't do this at the time here in America, 3% of the greatest generation was gay. Okay, so let's go to the next generation, which is the baby boomers. That's after 1945. And 3% of the baby boomers were gay. Once again, according to Europe's numbers, Europe kept these numbers because they were an open society and they didn't care about these things. And they were just keeping demographic data. And then you come to my generation. I'm 51. So I'm Generation X. Once again, 3%. 3% of my population gay or my age group, you know, my demographic. So, but here's where it gets interesting. You go to millennials and then suddenly with millennials, 11% of them say, Oh damn. Yeah. Okay. It gets worse, Paul. Then you go to generation Z and generation Z is saying 24%. There's no way. No, I'm not joking. That's and I don't have, in fact, I should be, I should have looked this up and provided this so you could show it on the screen. But anyone can go look at this demographic data right now. Uh, people are associating with being gay and in a very, very, very fabulous fashion, um, you know, compared to previous generations before. And why is that? Well, there's lots of, let's get into this. This gets into depopulation. So we haven't left this subject, Paul. Right. Okay. So. Let's look at my generation. We, and Paul's escaping for a second, but I'll just keep talking. My generation had seven vaccinations, just seven. That's all we had as kids. And so my daughter's generation, I think there was 29. So they jumped from seven to 29. My daughter's a millennial. So my generation, once again, 3% homosexual. My daughter's generation, uh, 11%, as, I guess, identify with being homosexual. And now uh, there's like upwards of 90 vaccinations for kids now. So, but how many vaccinations are there now? What's the vaccination schedule? It's like over 60 vaccines now. So can we draw a correlation? Or how about all the soy lecithin they're putting in the food? It confuses the hormones. You know, that could be part of it too. So I'm just pointing out the changes the possible changes that have happened in vaccinations, seven vaccinations on the vaccination schedule when I was a kid going to school. Uh, my daughter's generation, 29 vaccines on the vaccination schedule when she was going to school. Uh, thankfully, she didn't get those because her dad was smarter than that. And then um, my daughter's kids, my grandkids, there's over 60 vaccinations on the vaccination schedule. So is that somehow responsible for that many people associating with being homosexual? I don't know. Soy lecithin in the food, that's a relatively new thing. Um, it being in all food is a relatively new thing. Uh, soy, lecithin, soy lecithin has been around a long time, but once again, um, sunflower seed lecithin is what they used before as an emulsifier, but it's cheaper to use soy, apparently. This is what I'm hearing you know, from food companies I'm contacting. But also, too, I start looking at the food companies, and then they're partnered up with the WEF. So I'm wondering if maybe there's a link there. I don't know. And by the way, I don't know if there's a link. I'm not telling you there's a link. I'm not telling you the vaccinations are turning people gay. I'm not telling you it's the food that's turning people gay. But I will say one thing. There's an awful lot of encouragement in today's society in America for people to say they're gay, to be special to be fabulous. And I think that may have something to do with it too. 
You know, that's the peer pressure. But that's what we stopped in Missouri. We, you know, kids cannot start the process of changing their gender, either chemically or with surgery until they're 18 years old. The only exception of the rule is those who are grandfathered in because they have started the process before the law became the law. Right. And I'm glad that was one of the things you guys got passed. I know there was a lot of things on there that could have uh, benefited Missourians as well, but I yep. think the kids the, would love yeah, the, the kids are way more important, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that that's kind of what we're losing sight of is the kids, man. And, that's where it's just drawn the line for me with this whole movement. Believe me, I, and, and I'm, I'm sure you're this way too. I, I love, I have friends who are gay. I, you know, I have family members who are gay as well. I love them. I respect them, mm-hmm. but it's just like, um, you, you know, it, it's been baby steps and now it's, you know, there's the video in New York, but about a month ago and they're like chanting it as they're marching saying, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. That's, like, that's correct. literally what they said, man. So it's like, there, it's just crossing the line. If you go to Canada at Gay Pride, you can be naked now in public as long as you're not hard or erected. You can be naked. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, there's this guy, I walked by a police officer. He's like, wait, I can just be naked right now? He's like, yeah, man, as long as you're not hard or erected, you, you're not going to get arrested. Mm-hmm. And then in California, you have guys in underwear, literally just butt naked, but he's wearing underwear. And just people bring their kids to it, man. And he's just gyrating and moving. And you can obviously see his stuff within within his... It's just, it's gotten to a point for me where it's like, we got to protect the children, man, because their innocence is the most important thing and not sexualizing them until they get to of an age of where it makes sense for them and ready to learn those types of things. That's when it needs to happen. So I'm very thankful for that to get past in Missouri. And I'm sorry, I've just been very quiet about the trans movement and just the sexualization of children. And I can't be quiet anymore. I, I just have to put my piece to it. Yeah. And I agree with you, by the way. Uh, I know people who are homosexual too. I have no problems with them. Uh, they have no problems with me. What I have a problem with is, is sexualizing kids and then trying to change their genders even before they're adults. I have a very serious problem with that. Now, I know that people say, oh, the kids are going to become suicidal now. Well, they may be suicidal already because they may have had a dopamine inhibitor shot in their COVID vaccine anyway. That may be the reason they're depressed. Um, but gay people have been around a long time, you know, basically changing your gender. That's a relatively new thing. Uh, so people have been gay and have been happy. (laughs) It's not a pun, um, you know, with their gender and being gay. Yeah. They were fine with that. Suddenly now they need to change parts, you know, and, and it's a big thing. I've got to change parts. Got to do it. You know, I'm, I'm not a guy. I need this thing gone. You know, uh, it's just weird. You know, or, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not a girl. I'm a guy. I need a, you know, I, I need, you know, my (laughs) twig and berries, you know, it's. Oh man, that process is brutal, man. There's two surgeries. I've looked it up because I was just, I was curious about it. And Pat, yeah, it's brutal, man. Yeah. Brutal. Um, When we were, we had, you know, several knock and shocks in Jefferson City talking about this bill. Uh, We did a flyer and a knock and shock. So we had a lot of folks there for that. So, you know, we're, we're quite a force when we go up to Jeff City. And we announced in advance a lot of people come from all over the state to be a part of this. And this is not passive, folks. What we do is not passive. But there was one gal I was learning from. We were sitting and talking to my rep. His name is Bob Titus, my state rep, you know, in Jefferson City. And she was saying, you know, when the guys become girls, they have to insert something to keep that hole open for 15 minutes a day. Otherwise, it closes up, you know, like on the earlobes when you pierce your ears. 
Oh man. And I was like, Oh my God, I didn't even know that. Um, so yeah. So they, they've got a device that they, <laughs> they use. Um, well, you know, eventually, so at any rate, eventually um, they're going to get to a point where they're, they're going to have it down. Like the, scientifically, well, they're going to make it to where it, it you'll probably never be able to notice, but it still doesn't change anything. With, no, it's it, you're still a guy. Yeah, you know, a guy is always going to be a guy. Hundred percent. So, you know, you can, um, you know, put on different clothing, and you can have a surgery, but your chromosomes don't lie. Right. So I meant it is what it is, and men cannot have babies. No. You know, so that that's just, you know. And I did a podcast. I do live streams, as you know, on Odyssey, soon on Rumble as well. And I, we were talking about tax, all the taxes that are coming into the states because of inflation. Tax is a percentage. So as the prices go up, taxes do too. So the states all around the United States are getting flush with cash. And they all have extra. They, they call it a surplus. Yeah, you said Missouri is at $6 billion last time we talked. Yep. And uh, so at any rate, they, they chose to spend it oh, rather than give tax cuts. Well, they spend so, it. So, uh, and I'm not going to go into that for this one here, but um, I'm not even 100% certain, but the budget is $51 billion in the state of Missouri now. So they actually have uh, three quarters of the surplus is now being eaten up with new spending. Hmm. Now, the same thing happened in Minnesota. Now, I've been dealing with other states, too. Paul, you know this. Yeah. I don't just deal with Missouri. Even though I'm in Missouri, my organization is Missouri. But I personally uh, talk to other states. I talk to representatives and senators in other states, other grassroots organizations in other states, to help them, you know, with something that they're doing or to suggest something. But Minnesota is a state that I've been trying to deal with because that's where I originally come from. I'm not there anymore. I'm in Missouri now. But they had a big surplus. They had a $16 billion surplus. And I was trying to guide the state of Minnesota into a simple tax cut that would only have cost the state something like $50 million a year. $50 million a year they would have lost on this tax cut. And that's sales tax on gold and silver. What is money? in the constitution, gold and silver, and they tax it on the retail sale of gold and silver in the state of Minnesota. In Missouri, we don't do that. And so that was rejected. I mean, it, 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 the bill was filed. It never went anywhere. But what they decided to do with that surplus, one of the things they're doing is they're providing tampons for free and uh, pads for free in public schools for guys and girls. Because as we were told by a representative in Minnesota, uh, it's not just girls that have periods. That kind of mental illness going into spending now. Yeah. We're talking about the people's money right. being spent on mental illness in the state of Minnesota. This is not in Missouri. This is Minnesota. And the other thing they did, uh, we've got so much effing money in Minnesota and we're not going to cut spending at all. Yeah, what we're going to do is we're, it's now free lunches for all kids at the school. No matter how much money you have, I mean, you know, just free lunch, free food now, free food, free drink, you know, for all the kids in all the public schools in the state of Minnesota. So that's what they decided to do with their surplus. Tampons, free tampons and pads 
for all girls and boys that request them. They ju- actually they just put them in the bathrooms. Just take them as you need them, I guess. And and now free food for all the kids, everyone in public school. We can't have a tax cut. So what we can have is we can spend money now on people's mental illness. Your money, Paul, may be spent on someone's mental illness right here in the state of Missouri now to appease them, to placate them, to make them feel good about themselves. They're going to take your money literally for mental illness like they do in Minnesota at some point in Missouri if we don't literally get our crap together here. Thankfully, not that I know of at this point, do we have any, you know, are we funding mental illness? But these blue states are. They're doing it. You know Quentin Lucas in Kansas City, he's not going to be, like, I know that you said that about this law that just passed. He will make Kansas City a sanctuary city for people to have abortions and to still have transition into what it is that they want to do. Yep. And, uh, but we have supremacy clause in the state. So he can't do it right now in Missouri. They're trying to find a way to actually restrict people's gun rights city by city. They're trying to figure out a way to do it right now. There's a summit, a summit meeting happening with the mayor of Springfield, Columbia, St. Louis, Kansas City to figure out how they can have different gun regulations in their cities as opposed to the rest of the state. The fact of the matter is there's no I can. It's a summit for stupidity. Yeah, We have supremacy clause in the state of Missouri. It's in our constitution that the state, literally the state laws literally override everything. Now the supremacy clause in the United States constitution applies to federal law only, not to rights. So, so at any rate, this is literally a, the equivalent of trying to do the same thing again, how they're trying to circumvent SEPA. Yeah the Second Amendment Preservation Act. These liberals will stop at nothing to take away guns. I mean, they're, every thread that they can possibly see, they're gripping and pulling on. And what they're finding at the end of it is the Second Amendment. It just isn't movable. No. Shall not be infringed. The only way they're going to actually be able to change it is a convention of the states. Right. And God help us all if we do that because they, they're already altering, they're editing elections right now yeah but yeah that's the, the, not surprising and again it, i think it comes down to and i know we're probably get we're a little over the hour and i, and I either way I, we can keep going or whatever it is but um for me it's the the shortness of um the shortness of attention span and and all i'm not gonna lie i've kind of you know stepped into that realm where i've been watching too much tiktok you know before tiktok i was watching youtube videos so they were longer you know whatever so i'm not like it Maybe I am addicted, Pat, to it. Shit. <laughs> You're addicted to TikTok. Right. Gosh, uh, darn it, man. I try, I try not to, man. Like, I, I believe me, maybe like an hour a day, but maybe a little bit less. But what I'm saying is, like, for instance, James O'Keefe, you know, with the big movement that he's going through with Project Veritas and all that stuff, and finally he came out with one of his first videos here recently, and it was of, um, you know, someone he had hired had infiltrated someone who worked at BlackRock. Did you see that clip? I did not. So there was this was recent, Pat. This was probably like three weeks ago where it was a low-level employee is what he called himself after he found out he got exposed. But it was this one guy worked for BlackRock trying to recruit someone. I think it was just this hot chick that uh, James O'Keefe had got this guy. And he's just spilling the beans. He's like, yeah, man, senators can be bought for ten grand." He's I like, heard about this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I have not seen it firsthand. You got to watch heard. it, man. You got to watch yep. it. 
And it's well, you know what you could do to get over your TikTok addiction? What's that? Start heroin, man. Uh, ever <laughs> since I got on heroin, I've not watched a single TikTok ever. Oh, and I'm doing yeah. good. I'm doing good. <laughs> you know how it is. You give up one bad habit, another one just marches right into your life. Exactly, yeah. I was yeah. hoping that just with age uh, came more wisdom, man, and I would just stop doing it. But Oh, no. No, no. You're always going to have an addiction. I mean, <laughs> right. we're human. So um, if, for me, it was heroin. For you, it may be stamp collection or something like that. Uh, you fo know. Football cards. Football cards, yep. Yeah. Which of course, I don't know for why. those of you watching, we're just joking. I'm not doing heroin. Right. That was... But the weird part about that, that was the guy responded. It was probably three days after uh, James had released the video, and he released two videos on TikTok, and the first one was really weird. Like, he was acting super strange. His hands were... <sighs> I bet he was. His hands were behind his back, and people were saying, oh, that wasn't him. It was an edit, edited video, but he's like, James, will you please take the video down? He's like, I'm a low-level employee. Those things I said aren't true about BlackRock. And then so many people commented saying that there was like someone holding a gun to his head. So he did a second video, Pat, where it literally his hands are behind his back and he's standing next to a wall and he falls over a little bit to the right and he doesn't brace himself with his hands. He does with his shoulder. And he's like, hey, yeah, people were questioning my safety and I'm fine. Everything's good. <laughs> Take down the video, James. Like that. It was just crazy, man. Like, and my, my point to that is, is that that is a huge video. You have a BlackRock employee saying those things that we already know, Pat, that politicians are bought and paid for, presidents can be bought and paid for. We know these things, and now we have an employee saying exactly what it is we've been saying for the past four or five years, if not longer. Yeah, yeah uh, BlackRock took over. Uh, by the way, uh, if anyone wants to look into BlackRock, what's really interesting about them is they control commodity markets. So silver and gold, I mean, they took that over from J.P. Morgan. They're suppressing the price of silver and gold along with the U.S. government at the behest of the U.S. government at the request. Because they don't want it going up. Well, no, silver and gold is the only competition to the dollar. People say, nonsense. Oh, the euro is competition to the dollar. No, it's not. Never has been, really. Um, you know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're related, but they are not in competition. Trust me. Uh, so for people who play the Forex market, look in, uh, look twice. You'll see gold on the Forex market. That's what everything's competing with. Really? So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, silver and gold are, are the only thing that's real money. Yeah, that's true. These currencies are based on nothing. Yeah. They're, they're printed out of the thin air, and we go and work and sweat, you know, to earn these so we can pay taxes <laughs> to the government. I mean, you talk about a scam. The U.S. dollar and every currency currently out there right now, and currently as of uh, the 17th, uh, the 16th of July, 2023, all currencies on the planet are currently worthless. They're all worthless. Gold and silver is the only thing that's ever, ever, ever been real money that had intrinsic value. So, I meant we'd be better off trading, you know, Something, you know, that can be used for, well, the paper can be used for wallpaper, yeah. can be used for toilet paper, yeah. you know, it can be used to start a fire. So it does have intrinsic value that way. But gold and silver are absolutely necessary for industry. Oh, yeah. You know, is, silver is critical. Absolutely critical. And in fact, we can live without gold. We cannot live without silver. That's a fact. Silver's in everything. 
Uh, it's in every single electronic item. There's at least a little bit of silver in, and there's silver in cars. There's silver in windshields. There's silver in monitors and computers and your cell phone and your keyboard, your microphone you speak into. Silver's in everything. Um, gold, not so much. Gold's still useful, but it's just not everywhere like silver is. So at any rate, that's the only thing of real value that people have accepted as money, the definition of money in the history of the world. The U.S. currency, uh, we've gone through several iterations of currency in the United States of America. And uh, we stopped being gold-backed in 1971. So we're not gold-backing our currency anymore. So it's my advice to everyone to strongly consider uh, paying attention to the talk junkies going into uh, 2023. And I'll visit with Paul again, and we'll be talking about legislation that Missouri will be running in 2024 that we'll be very happy to share with other states. So they can actually get something real for transactable money in their states without being uh, dependent on uh, a digital dollar that's tied into ESG and social credit scoring that literally totally controls your life, your actions, and everything you think about from that point on. If you want to be completely controlled by your government, then just don't pay attention at all. Because um, trust me, I mean, they're going that way right now with well, the digital currencies. There's going to be those businesses of where people who are paying attention and they're going to want to know what to do and how to combat whenever these types of things enter their realm uh, for their business specifically, they're going to want to know what their other options are. And Pat, you're going to have a, a large part of the population who just doesn't care. And they're going to do what it is that they're told sure. by the government. But then there's going to be that small percentage in each community where they kind of have to live under the radar and do transactions <laughs> with each the other. Exactly. Exactly, man. That's, that's what it's going to be, man. That's what it's mm-hmm. going to be there. I don't think there's any way turning it around. Um, but we'll keep trying, man. We'll keep trying. That's all we can do. Well, it, it, that's the thing is our, we have to make a decision right now as the dollar is dying. Is America going to be free or is America going to be a totalitarian dystopian nightmare? We have the choice right now. The right now is where we make our decisions as a people. Right now is where you get active with your state government because you can't control the federal government. Paul, I've been on your show too many times, you know, talking about why you can't control your federal government. So I won't go into that right now. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're in Canada the United States, Australia, it doesn't matter. New Zealand, you can't control the federal, but you can control local government. In local government, you get enough local government that's actually doing the right things and listening to the people, they will go in and control the federal government for you. Beautifully said, man. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, end it right there. It's been a great podcast, man. I could probably talk to you for like four or five straight hours. And there, there's going to be a day in time and place when that happens. And, and then we'll turn it into like 1 billion little videos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully by that time, yeah, by that time, yeah, I'll have someone to help me with that. But just, just the conversation, man, it's always fun and it's always good to get good information out to people. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's, it's been a long time and I'm very, very happy to be back on. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Well, again, I always know you're a busy man. Like you said, I was surprised to hear you never told me you talked with Elon. I think that's fucking badass. Um, and then Robert Kennedy, I mean, that's, I mean, mm-hmm. talk to him on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's an inter- And, uh, yep. And, uh, uh, there's other people I've talked to too, that might surprise you. Um, but the fact of the matter is, uh, this isn't set up. This is by accident almost every time. 
like, for instance, uh, Eric Burleson, he's my representative in D.C., and I call him from time to time. And uh, one time I called him, and he put me on speakerphone, and uh, uh, Tom Massey was in the room. So Thomas Massey, Representative Tom, so I ended up talking to Massey. <laughs> That's cool. So it's just, it was a weird coincidence. I just happened to call my representative at a time that Massey was there, and he felt, you know, hey, you know, I'll take, I'll go ahead and take the call from Pat, and, you know, and let him talk to Tom. So, um, so stuff like that happens. Uh, but it, once again, if I don't pick up the phone and make these phone calls to certain people that I know that connect me with other people, it wouldn't happen. It's the same way. It, everyone I know that gets involved in politics ends up with these chance communications talking to these folks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's whether or not you want to be active in politics, whether or not you want to pick up the phone, uh, will determine whether or not you have any influence. And, and then, and then once in a while you end up talking to some pretty interesting people. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's really all they are is interest, interesting people. I mean, I know we can call them politicians, but we, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't respect, right. you know, the folks in DC, to be honest, you know, Eric Burleson, he's my friend. We did SAPA, you know, we helped him. We were grassroots and he was the, the sponsor of the bill. He and I are still friends. We still talk even though he's in DC now. So it's just the way it is. You know, I'm still talking to him. He's still talking to me. But uh, but he, I don't like the people in D.C. I don't care. Let them do what they're going to do exactly. in D.C. Exactly, yeah. doesn't affect our lives. Rock it on. really doesn't. So when are you, uh, when are you uh, launching Rumble? Uh, when can we expect to see Pat on Rumble? Because I think you guys will have some good success on Rumble. Yep. Uh, we do live streams on Rumble. I don't do standalone videos. So we generally have a lot of folks talking, but it's about what we're doing in Missouri. And so that's why people should pay attention. Um, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping if the plugin I got works, that it'll be next Saturday, literally six days from now. Oh, just waiting on a piece of equipment? No. It's just our regular normal time Saturday nights. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Rock on. So, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time in Minnesota in the last two months. So I've not been, I've done some radio in the last couple of months, but on podcasts, I've not been on. So uh, like yours and others. Uh, so uh, I'm going to start doing the circuit again, you know, talking about the Missouri Freedom Initiative and the stuff that we're working on. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to take a break, man. You got to take a break. You just gave six months of your life to it, man. Or you know what I'm saying? So like you got a you got a family, you got kids as well, just like everyone mm -hmm. else, man. Like I, I just don't. I don't, I can't appreciate you enough, man, for what you do. And I'm not trying to make you, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm losing my mind, bro. Normally I have a few drinks during the podcast tonight. I was just like, do you know what? I was like, I'm not going to have any drinks tonight. I'm just going to stick to water. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not as loose as I usually am, but uh, I'm not trying to humble you. I'm just truly am appreciative of what you do, Pat. That's, it's just, and it, and it's just great to be a part of it, man. And the other night I was with my buddies, man, and we were just having a good, a good time. My wife was out of town. The kids were staying the night at their grandparents. And I was just like, I knew you were coming on the show tonight. I was like, I'm very blessed to have met you. And you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was through mm -hmm. the weirdest way. It was through Brian high impact. I know I've talked about this before yep. and it's just, it's just the craziest connection. You've been on the show many times. You've been to my house, man. And mm -hmm. just what you're doing for the state of Missouri and other states around you and your, and your movement and other people that are involved, just very glad to be a part of it in some way. You bet. Uh, you know, that's the thing is uh, you can choose communism by doing nothing or you can choose freedom by getting involved. Those are the options. That's for everyone in America right now.
Everyone in America makes that choice, that decision, the moment they hear this podcast. It's really that simple. Get involved for freedom or literally stay at home and don't get involved and accept the communism that is coming your way. And that's those are the two choices. It's that simple for me. And I don't say that to rub people's nose in it. It's a simple fact. Communism coming and is coming quickly. Yeah. So five years, I, I give America five years. We'll be a fully communist nation for all intents and purposes. Yeah, and I hope not, man. And that was like our biggest question until we met you for the longest time on this podcast. Is like, well, what can we do about it? All we sit here and do is talk about it. And then you came along and then we realized that we do have more power than what than what we oh. see. So... Um, a lot of power. Yeah. Where, we, you know, the, the a person who just goes out and votes is only using 1% of their power. Right. So the 99% of their power that they're not using is actually being used up by lobbyists and PACs and special interests. So if you, because of people not using the rest of the 99%, they, they actually, by, by default, allow special interests to control their state and their country. Yeah, and luckily that shit stopped in Missouri. And I'm I'm going to be a part of that this year as well, man. And I'm going to start actually really local here in the city that I live in because very unhappy with things, some some things that are going on here. So I'm going to start with that, and then I'm going to work my way up. But um, where where can we find you, man? And and not only that, but you also have an email list that people can sign up for. So for anyone who's yep. new to listening to the show, Pat has an email that he sends out that gives you updates of what's going on in Missouri, the types of bills that we're working on next year. Yeah, that that type of stuff. Yep. Uh, we're currently working on the website. Uh, so we switched over to WordPress. We've switched hosting companies. And uh, so the website is not finished. And in fact, I don't have time to work on it right now. So probably we won't be finished for about another month. Uh, but if you want to be on the email list, just email me. And this is really simple. It's Patrick at MoFree, M-O, that's short for Missouri, free.org. Just email me and tell me you want on the email list. I'll get you on the email list. Uh, email list, uh, you may say that's old fashioned, outdated. It certainly dates you as a person who's generation expat, you know, people don't do that anymore. Once you've been censored as much as I have, you'll find that that is the most reliable form of communication there is with a large group, uh, because the censorship that we've experienced has been actually honest to God, uh, inspiring. I didn't think it, you know, they shut down our discord. Uh, we have been shot up all over the place on, um, on, uh, YouTube. So we don't even post on YouTube anymore. And by the way, uh, we weren't swearing. There's no nudity. Uh, we're just talking about issues in the state of Missouri having to do with COVID. And then suddenly you get a strike. Uh, you talk about, um, the crime problem in St. Louis, uh, being black on black gang related crime. And then you get a strike. Uh, it's true though. And in fact, the FBI has these statistics on their website. Um, but if you talk about them openly, then you're racist, apparently. Um, and that's what YouTube said about me. They said that I was encouraging racism by bringing up these facts. Uh, so, but anyway, get on the email list if you're in the state of Missouri, especially. And then we let you know about all the fun stuff that we're working on and how you can help. So we just don't talk about the problems. We actually are the solution to the problem with the Missouri Freedom Initiative and grassroots all over the state of Missouri. By the way, Paul, I'm going to give you one more interesting fact here. Oh, by the way, the website is mofree.org. So just like Patrick at mofree.org is the uh, email address. Per capita, I do think Missouri has more active grassroots activity than any other state in the entire United States of America. That is beautiful. 
So, and, and, and evidenced by the little, the tiny amount of legislation that got, we were able to block a lot of stuff. Uh, so what happened this last legislative season was not normal. I mean, you had Mike Moon, as Senators Mike Moon and Senator Bill Eigel standing up and filibustering the entire Senate not to put any more special interest bills through from the House in the Senate, literally filling up time until the end of session. But, of course, the House retaliated by not passing any Senate bills. But they were trying to get sports betting through at the time. And Bill Eigel was, hey, listen, if we can't get any tax cuts in this state, you know, none, because the House won't hear the bills. If we can't get gold and silver and state it as legal tender, if we can't, you know, cut, you know, personal property tax for the people of Missouri that are all asking for it, if we can't get rid of sales tax on food in the state of Missouri because the House won't let us through, no more. No more bills come through this Senate. And that's what they did. They effectively shut it down about two weeks before end of session. And not only and that, but they'd get more so tax. So the House, Dean Plocker, retaliated by not letting any of those bills that the people wanted through because he wasn't getting his corporatist bills through, well, you know, through the Senate. Sports betting would have been more taxes, too, for the state. That's correct. Yep. So, see, once again, the grassroots are the fuel for the rocket ship that is Mike Moon and Bill Eigel. These men are incredible in the Senate. I know both of them personally. And so I'm very proud that Mike Moon is my senator. By the way, SB 49, where we, you know, the SAFE Act to actually prevent kids from getting transgender surgeries or chemically altering their gender or starting that process, that's my senator, Mike Moon. That was his bill. So, and then Bill Eigel, uh, he was doing the gold and silver bill. So, I mean, these guys are just freaking awesome. They care about Missourians. They care about what the grassroots want. And they're not interested in the corporatist bullcrap that happens in our state. And they don't want those bills going through anymore. So, yeah, we're having a showdown in the state of Missouri. You never see it on the national media. But we're having a showdown. It's the people of Missouri versus the corporatist agenda of the Dean Plockers. And we are the fuel we, the grassroots, are the fuel to enable those senators to actually shut down our government the way we did. So it's working. And I don't, is Bill Eigel, does he have bigger plans in his political future? Yes, he's running for governor, actually. And that, so it, 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 he would be, and once again, our organization, the Missouri Freedom Initiative, we do not endorse candidates. Right. But I will say that I will personally be voting for Bill Eigel. So, uh, but we don't endorse candidates through our organization because is, we work with all politicians, in, no matter who they are. Is that next year? Yeah, in 2024. So, so, and so I'm sorry, I haven't really voted too many times in Missouri or just in general in life. Um, mm -hmm. Just recently, you know, uh, I have a little bit. So will there be primaries for governors or is that just yes, a one Yes, there will be. Okay. That'll okay. be August of next year. August of next year, primaries. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Okay, and that'll be a conversation for you and I later because I definitely want to be. Never mind. Never sure. Mind. We'll talk about whatever it is. But um, Pat, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. I, I, you I bet. Wish the best of luck to you and your future endeavors, man. And, and I know we'll ch we'll chat sometime soon. You bet. Nice talking to you always, Paul. Thank you for having me back. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. All right, brother.